0: Okay, Vibes. Hey kid, would you like some drugs? The first one is free. Wanna check out my van? I got some candy. Hey kid. Want to join our gang and spray paint under a bridge? No! Roller Kingdom in Reno, Nevada, keeping your kids off the streets since 1999. I say no to drugs. I say no to gangs. I say no to unplanned pregnancy. I say no to meth. I say no to reaper. I say yes Yes to roller Man, this Roller Kingdom is really putting us out of business. You said it, man. This deal sucks. But you know what? Maybe we should give up this life of crime and start... Hello, 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 everyone. Hola, Konnichiwa, Bonjour. Welcome back. To the OK Vibes podcast, his I, your host, Justine Monique, back at you with another episode going over a post on the OK Vibes blog located at okvibes.wordpress.com, and then doing more of a deep dive into it. So, this week's blog post is titled "I Want Roller Skates, But Dot Dot Dot," <laughs> published on December nineteenth, twenty twenty two let's get into it, shall we? I want roller skates, but whatever pair I own would end up being for novelty use, hence my hesitancy to buy some. When I was in middle school, I fell face first during a roller rink family outing, right on the rink floor in rental skates. I was so embarrassed and quit skating, Fun was had up until that moment, and I regret not getting back out there to prove I could skate without incident. It was easy for me to give up on something that did me dirty. I'm sure now that I probably made a misstep that caused the fall, and that I'm not the first or last person to fall while skating. But should I buy some roller skates and attempt to get my skate on? Perhaps that time has passed, or it's past time for me to get back out there and prove myself to prove that what happened back then isn't a reason to avoid roller skating altogether. Seeing vids and pics of people roller skating activates my buckle glands, especially those that can skate backward with a crisscrossing of the legs thrown in. Don't get me started on roller disco photos. Looking at these babies makes me want to try again. So I want to clear up when I made a reference to these babies, I actually put in a hyperlink that will take you to a page showing these cute ass roller skates that I wanted. (laughs) So, uh, as y'all know, or maybe you don't know, especially if this is your first time listening to the podcast, which I always like to say, if this is your first episode, you're doing yourself a disservice. You should at least go back and listen to the very first episode of this podcast just to get a feel for it. Or if you don't want to do that. Go and at least listen to the friggin' podcast trailer because I have one of those. I made the time to make one of those for you. But anyway, <laughs> um, I also put a link in the show notes directly to the blog that is in question so y'all can go read the blog post see the link to the skates because obviously wouldn't make any sense to sit here and try to tell you all about it but i guess i could try i could describe how these babies look however the problem is these were sold on Target, yes, Target, Target, T-A-R-G-E-T. and they are no longer available because I clicked the link and it gave me one of them, oops, sorry, this page is no longer available messages, so yeah. I, I can't even describe the skates to y'all because I honestly don't remember what the fuck they look like. <laughs> okay, this was December last year when I wrote this blog post, so I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure, and knowing myself how I do, they're probably these cute, colorful ass skates. They're probably like rainbow colored or holographic or something because that's my jam. You know, I like a little bit of the alien edge on it, which, speaking of aliens, y'all, y'all, that might have to be a whole other episode. Maybe I'll consider just talking about aliens. Cause yes, y'all, I do believe in aliens. I've always believed in aliens. So I am not shocked about this whole US government whistleblower situation about the damn UFOs and having non-human bodies. In my mind, I'm like, duh, (laughs) where the rest of y'all been at? Of course. We cannot sit here and be thinking that earthlings are the only life forms in this whole entire universe. That's just fucking ridiculous. But anyway, again, that's not what this episode is about. We talking about roller skates, okay? So that whole situation I talked about in middle school, man, it fucking bums me out whenever I think about it. Whenever I think about it, man, I even remember when we went on this particular outing, my mom's fiance at the time was with us and he's the one that saw me basically take that fucking nosedive on the skate floor and he straight up was cracking up at me which hurt my feelings even more so i'm thinking damn you a grown-ass man you couldn't go back and say hey are you okay this bitch just kept skating and laughing at me <laughs> just left me there so i felt even more embarrassed like i'm not doing this again i don't want anybody fucking laughing at me so fuck this roller skating shit but You know, again, it's just like, damn, I wonder if I should get out there and skate because I see these skates and I'm like, oh my God, they're so cute. This would be a great exercise for me and maybe I should give it a fucking go, y'all. I'm really thinking about it again. And what also makes me think about it again is Jess Wood. If y'all don't know, I love some Jess Wood. And I did have the opportunity to get to freaking meet her in May on Mother's Day. I got to go and see her in that play, that punk rock play titled The Best punk rock band in Conway, Missouri. It was so lovely and she was so lovely. And if y'all are following her podcast, Get Wood, please do it and follow her on socials. I believe she was on Twitter at the Just Wood and on Instagram at getwood so check her out I could be mixing those two up backwards but either way y'all can find Justwood. okay she's lovely but anyway I bring up Jess Wood because I remember a story she's told about when she was younger and she used to work for this weed dealing business and she would deliver the weed while roller skating and I was like damn she's been roller skating a long time she's had that roller skating experience how fucking cool is that So hearing her even talk about that experience, I'm like, oh, maybe I should get back out there and roller skate. And I've never rollerbladed before. That always looks so hard to me to do. But I remember somebody telling me later in life, oh no, actually rollerblading is easier than roller skating. I'm like, really? I don't know. But now I actually took the liberty in the midst of doing research for this episode to add a video to watch later on YouTube uh, I want to say it's titled Roller Blades versus roller skating. Which one is for you? So I'm actually going to watch it and see what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to see what I'm going to do because here's the thing, y'all. If I get into this, I don't want to take it lightly. I really want to give it the honest attention and energy that it deserves. You know, I want to, I really want to do it, I don't want to give up. And roller skates are not cheap, y'all. I don't know if y'all know that, okay? So in my mind, it is not an inexpensive activity So if I really get into this, I got to do it because I'll be so pissed if I end up spending a couple hundred dollars on some roller skates for them just to basically sit there and collect dust. That's some bullshit, even though I do like the way roller skates look. So perhaps if I don't actually use them for their intended purpose, I could just have them as an art piece. (laughs) I know that's just some bullshit. That's just me talking myself out of it. Ugh, stupid. We got to stop doing that to ourselves. We got to stop saying shit like that. That could go against what we could do or what, what's going against our capabilities. Oh, I, know I could be an awesome fucking roller skater, even if I never learned how to skate backwards and to crisscross my legs. Shit, it's just about having fun. Am I enjoying it while I'm doing it, right? So, I don't know. I might think about it. I might think about it. That could really you know, take up my break time to another level, you know, because right now when I work, because, you know, I still have a day job. I like to go on walks on my lunch break, especially when that weather is nice. I got to get out there. I got to stretch. I got to move, feel the sun on my skin. So if I'm actually roller skating out there, that would be even better. You know, that might make it a whole lot more fun just rolling around and shit. Anyway, I started getting curious about the history of rollers case, like who invented them? When did it really become a thing? Because this isn't something that I dug too deeply into ever before. So as I got on online and I started looking into it, I found something on this website called JS Store. I don't know if I'm saying it right. JSTOR. It's JSTOR.org. And they have an article under their education and society section titled The History Behind the Roller Skating Trend. So I was like, oh shit. And then on top of that, y'all, the subtitle is Since its Invention in 1743. And I'm like, 1743, I came in. Picture 1743. Roller skating has been tied to black social movements. If y'all know anything, I mean, come on, I'm black and proud. I was even more intrigued about this. I'm like, say what? The black people was all up in the roller skating like that? (laughs) Of course I gotta fucking read it. So I would like to share this article with y'all. Let's get into it. The history behind the roller skating trend. Since its invention in 1743, roller skating has been tied to black social movements published by Ruth Terry on September 7th, 2020. In a joyful antithesis to panic buying, many U.S. stores are reporting stock shortages of roller skates and roller skating stories are appearing on major news sites. Maybe the latest rise in roller skating shouldn't have been so unexpected. After all, the sport has always been deeply intertwined with the zeitgeist and with mass marketing. Children and adults alike are looking for pandemic-appropriate summer activities that provide mental relief from everything that's going on. Although skating is a fundamentally solitary action, truly, we all skate alone, it is something we can also enjoy and socially distance mass. In the U.S., our mental image of people skating may involve a blonde woman in Daisy Dukes skating by the Pacific Ocean or a bell-bottom disco enthusiast skate dancing to ABBA in hot polyester. But the first recorded use of skates took place more than two centuries before any of that, in a 1743 theater production in which actors affixed wheels to their footwear to mimic ice skating on the stage. The wheel debut of inventor John Joseph Merlin made a lasting impression on the historical record known for his eccentric personality and flamboyant clothing, the Belgian- born Merlin used skating as a way to get more attention for his other inventions like this weighing machine. He designed the first roller skates after he moved to London from where Belgium don't know if I'm saying that right sorry if I'm not in 1760. Unfortunately, his skates lacked brakes and he lacked balance as he attempted to skate through a masquerade party while playing a violin He promptly plowed into a mirror, broke his instrument, and ended up with severe injuries. It wasn't long before other intrepid inventors realized the potential of roller skates. The French inventor M. Petit Bled patented a three-wheeled inline skate model in Paris in 1819. But it wasn't until 1863 that James Plimpton revolutionized the roller skate by designing quad skates, according to the National Museum of Roller Skating. Plimpton didn't stop there. Along with the product, he also manufactured demand. He established the New York Roller Skating Association, opened the first skating rink at a Rhode Island resort in 1866, and gave skating lessons during the 1870s. His real genius, however, lay in marketing roller skating as an appropriate activity for men and women to do together allowing young Victorian couples to meet without reprisal or rigid chaperoning. Perhaps that's why roller skating has yet to be taken seriously as an Olympic sport. It's just too much fun. Contemporary skating still has a trace of that romantic Victorian whimsy, something that other roller sports, like inline skating, skateboarding, and especially ice skating, with those weapon-like blades scraping across a frigid floor— simply don't have. Perhaps that's why roller skating has yet to be taken seriously as an Olympic sport. It's just too much fun. With a relatively low barrier to entry, roller skating also fits into a personal exercise regimen more than other sports. While a decent pair of skates may set you back as much as $150, that is really the only necessary investment. There are no monthly gym fees and you can skate anywhere there's smooth pavement. That being said, many people prefer to skate in rinks. By the 1880s, manufacturers were mass-producing skates, and rink building followed soon after, mainly in New England. The medical field took notice of this craze. There is certainly at present a morbidly exaggerated passion for and indulgence in roller skating, wrote the authors of The Medical View of Roller Skating published by Scientific American in 1885. Still, they had to admit that considerable inquiry has failed to elicit any facts showing that roller skating, temperately indulged in, does any harm to growing children or produces any diseases or injuries peculiar to the sport. In proportion to the immense number of persons who have been engaged in propulsive divigations upon polished floors during the past winter, the pathological outcome has been small. London, too, caught rinkomania, and in a 1913 article in the British Medical Journal, doctors prescribed indoor roller skating as a valuable form of exercise. They also noted that skating to the music provided at rinks made it easier for skaters to plan and pace their efforts. To truly maximize the health benefits, they explained, one must be prepared to become a hot, sweaty mess. Exercise for the sake of health may be regarded Practically, in terms of increased output of muscular energy, stimulus to the circulation, and increase in perspiration. Unless free perspiration follows the exercise, the skater will not derive the full benefit possible. British doctors recommended rink skating as part of an exercise program that should also include gymnastics, dancing, fencing, and indoor tennis. At the same time, inventors were trying to promote skating as a mode of outdoor transportation, In a 1917 issue of Scientific American, authors advise commuters to strap on skates to get to work. Their key selling point? Unlike other vehicles, skates can be taken into the building with you. So confident were they in skates' potential for civilian transport, they even posited military use. Like most pleasure vehicles, the improved skate will eventually be used for business purposes to a more or less extent, believes the inventor and it is even possible that it may be extensively used by armies for the rapid transportation of soldiers in certain favorable localities. Military skating never took off, but skating rinks themselves became sites of racialized conflict almost as soon as they were open. Boston's black community protested when a manager barred two black skaters from his rink saying, I allow no colored persons to skate on my floor. I would not break the rule even for Fred Douglas. Segregated rinks remained the norm through the Civil Rights era, and white people protested to keep them that way. Even after the Civil Rights Act, skating rinks retained de facto segregation through urban or adult-themed skating nights aimed at black skaters. According to the documentary, United Skates, the sport remains integral to many black people have developed numerous regional skate styles associated with specific cities. For nearly two decades, women roller skaters of all races, sizes, and sexual orientations have also been challenging what athleticism, sensuality, and femininity can be through the biggest millennial skating trend, roller derby. The full contact sport gained worldwide popularity after the release of the derby documentary, Hell on Wheels, and the Drew Barrymore directed film Whip It. Full disclosure, my derby team captain was in this movie. Roller Derby is known for having a gritty post-punk aesthetic, with players decked out in costume-like uniforms and sometimes fishnets and makeup. As a result, scholars have criticized it as a performance for the male gaze, but the feminist scholar Ulla Klein believes Derby to be a vehicle of female empowerment that offers opportunities for leadership, camaraderie, and inclusion. In transporting into academia lessons from the body slam, the Jewish and Mexican-American writer Lee Ann Epstein offers a highly personal account of her experience with ethnicity, womanhood, and roller derby, which helped dismantle her deeply internally colonized outlook on how I should carry myself. Epstein describes an experience playing the sport. I was sweaty, cussing and vomiting in a patch of grass from overexhaustion. My fishnet stockings were torn and ants started to bite my hands before I could lift my face out of the grass. What the hell was I doing here? Some girl intentionally pushed me onto the asphalt, which grated my nalgas, buttocks, like a piece of cheese. I'm sure everyone in that parking lot got a good show. Notably, we weren't fighting. We were practicing roller derby. Roller derby subverted all of my good-skill-good good values into an aggressive, abrasive sport. Despite my internal conflict, I loved every painful and wonderful moment. For Epstein, everything from her derby name, Matza Brawl, to getting her nose broken helped decolonize her thinking and prepare her for being a woman in academia, which, like sports tends to be male-dominated. In a poem simply titled Roller Skates, the writer David Longstreth also uses roller skating to explore themes of othering and assimilation. While it is unclear whether he is a skater, Longstreth uses the activity as a metaphor for the way his immigrant family traveled through life, in contrast to the walking and running of the dominant culture in which he found himself. In a particularly poignant passage, he writes, My first step was really a first roll. And that's the way I learned to get around. The way my parents did. Fluidly, gracefully, efficiently, naturally. The momentum of countless generations of grandparents all wheeled and proud, propelling me forward, strong arms behind me if I leaned back too far. Since Merlin first invented skates, roller skating has reflected aspects of our individuality, as well as our relationships to other people and collectively important events. As 2020 progresses, perhaps roller skating can also serve as a physical metaphor for forward movement, a process of false starts and failed attempts, and constant course correction, hopefully careening toward greater empathy and equity. Man, that article mentioned roller derby and roller derby has always been fascinating to me as well it's just like this tough fucking chick sport I think is so cool but I I don't know if I would make it (laughs) I mean number one again clearly I have problems skating haven't touched some skates since middle school Plus, I don't know if I like all that rough and tough for myself, you know. i watch it, though. I feel like it's not as harsh as, like, MMA and boxing. I used to, like, watch a little bit of that stuff, but I-, I can't handle it anymore. It's just a little too much, especially when the blood starts coming. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we are going too far. I don't need that. I don't need all that in my life. But, yeah, I respect the roller derby. It's fucking cool as hell. And then, of course, I started looking more into that. And then I saw that there is a website, uh, WFTDA.com, which is basically just all roller derby and I was like what so they actually have a section that tells you a little bit about the history of roller derby what it is so I said oh let me see now and it says the sport of roller derby was first conceived in the 1930s and was played on a banked track and was popular in the United States until it fizzled out in the 1970s in the early 2000s Modern Women's Roller Derby got its start in Austin, Texas, starting with the Texas Roller Girls. The game was adapted to be played without requiring a bank track, and flat track roller derby leagues began forming as businesses run by the same people who participate in the sport. The flat track version of roller derby spread like wildfire in subsequent years as the ability to mark track boundaries on a skating rink floor or any venue with a flat surface large enough to fit a track rather than building and storing a large bank track made it possible to play the game just about anywhere. Today, there are hundreds of roller derby leagues worldwide, and the sport has evolved into a highly competitive sport played by some of the world's top athletes. Most roller derby leagues are run entirely by their own members with support from volunteers in their communities who help with everything from league management to extremely important game day volunteers, such as officials, announcers, medics, and photographers. I was like, "Mm, okay, and of course, I'm like, well, what exactly is WFTA? And, of course, that question is answered, <laughs> okay? And the Women's Flat Track Derby Association is what WFTA stands for. Sorry, I think I messed it up. That's a lot of letters to say at once. WFTDA, and that stands for the Women's Flat Track Derby Association, is the international governing body of women's flat track roller derby representing more than 400, damn, 400, member leagues on six continents. Damn, that's impressive. The mission of the WFTDA is to govern and promote the sport of flat track roller derby and revolutionize the role of women and other marginalized people in sports through the collective voice of its member leagues around the world. The WFTDA sets the international standards for rankings, rules, and competition each year and provides guidance and resources to flat track roller derby leagues and participants. Like our member leagues, the WFTDA is run almost entirely by our members and volunteers from the roller derby community, with all of the important work toward developing and advancing our sport being done and approved by the same people who participate in it that's pretty fucking lit i like that it's like it's for us by us or something i like that and they provide a lot of videos on their youtube channel about different aspects of roller derby but of course i was like okay well what is like the general like setup of the game like what is the rules of the game like what is it what are the players called and all that type of stuff and they provided a video um called uh gameplay so i'm gonna get that going for y'all right now here it is. Yeah. Roller derby is played in increments called jams. Each jam lasts up to two minutes. Both teams field up to five skaters at the start of the jam. Four of these skaters are called blockers, and one is called the jammer. The jammer wears a helmet cover with a star on it and scores points for the team. The blockers are playing both offense and defense at the same time, and together they make up what is called the pack. The two jammers start each jam behind the pack, and must get through all of these skaters for an initial pass before they can begin to score points. When the initial pass is complete, a jammer can score one point for every opponent they pass with their hips. The first jammer out of the pack legally is declared lead jammer, which means they can end the jam any time they want, before the two minutes are up. Sounds easy, right? Yeah, it definitely doesn't sound easy to me. So I think my man was being sarcastic because, damn, (laughs) that explains why it looks so damn intense when you're watching it. If y'all haven't looked at any roller derby, uh, you don't even know what the hell I'm talking about, please do yourself a favor and Google a clip. I think I said flavor. I meant to say favor. (laughs) Do yourself a damn flavor. Yum, yum. (laughs) And look up that clip. Don't even have to use Google. Use Bing, whatever the fuck you use to search shit look it up and then you'll understand what I talk about I almost feel like it's like ladies rugby cuz they just on on each other these chicks it's like no mercy you cannot go into that being a softy that I could tell you right now no way you cannot be afraid of getting hit that's just what I get you know looking I'm like damn <laughs> These folks aren't playing around. And I get it, you know, it's the game, it's the competition. You gotta be ready to win. You gotta be all up in it and whatnot. So I get it. But yeah, I think roller derby's not for me. I could watch it, possibly, you know? But uh, maybe not for long stretches of time. I'm not really a sports spectator type anyway, y'all. In case you haven't gathered that, yeah, I'm not really a sports fan. So it is what it is. I respect sports, but I don't really sit there and follow along and see what's going on. I will every now and then want to watch some volleyball matches, maybe a little ice skating. That's mostly for the costumes, though, because, darling, they're fabulous. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so that is it, and that is that for our episode. I hope y'all really enjoyed it. Perhaps you learned some things. I definitely did, because I'm still shocked that, roller skating went that far back not surprised about the whole segregation thing because huh, hello America the world <laughs> I always going to segregate my people but I did learn a lot of things it's really fucking cool and I didn't even know roller derby went that far back either in the 30s like damn lit and that's pretty much all like community funded and you know self-funded by folks like that's that's awesome as hell man it's awesome as hell and what else is awesome as hell is the OK Vibes, the poetry book. Come on, y'all. If you haven't gotten your copy, go get it. It's only on Amazon. Ebook and paperback. You have two damn choices. Pick one. Support me, damn it. Don't you love me? Support me if you love it, damn it. <laughs> and subscribe to the OK Vibes blog if you haven't already, located at OKVibes.WordPress.com. It is a free blog, no paywall, so no excuse, y'all. And check me out on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Monique. J-U-S-T-I-N-E-M-O-N-I-K-U-E and tune in next week on Thursday at 12, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. Tune in and don't be scared to hit me up, y'all. You have a question, you know, you're just inquiring about something in general. I don't know, hit me up, I won't bite. As long as you come in peace and you're assertive, not aggressive, and on some other shit, because you will get blocked, don't think I won't fucking block, okay, okay, that is it, and that is that, I appreciate all of you that have shared the show, anybody who's just been consistently listening, and talking to me, giving me feedback, I appreciate it, and I hope y'all are enjoying it, but until next time, I hope y'all have a great one, and ta off for now, bye!